0: Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening. I am the five-star man, Asa Gray, of Solo Show this week. Dalton's air conditioner went out on him on Sunday, and he is getting that replaced currently. So he's unable to record, so we're going to breeze through... uh, New Japan AEW Forbidden Door was this past weekend. We've got money in the bank this coming weekend. We had uh, AEW Fight Forever came out officially today. I was playing it yesterday, Dalton was playing it yesterday. So we've got some thoughts there. I've got you no know, I made him write up some stuff for me. I've got comments from some of you guys as well. So It's still going to be a good show, still going to be a fun show, a lot to talk about. But before we jump into everything, we start each and every week with the power of positivity because there is just so much unnecessary negativity and toxicity out there on the internet, especially when it comes to pro wrestling, that we like to do our part to put a little bit of a spotlight, a little bit of a light on the things that make us happy in the week of professional wrestling. So I'm starting things off with the return of old school themes for wrestlers. Uh the major one, of course, I'm talking about Baron Corbin coming out on NXT Gold Rush to Superhuman donning the the Lone Wolf video and gear. And it just it was super cool to see that with his initial run on nxt i think people legitimately forget like how over he was and how quickly he was squashing people that the crowd was just like counting along to the matches because they would go that short and he was just destroying people coming out to superhuman and it was a good time so that was an awesome throwback it made me very very happy to see um but of course not as happy as at forbidden door we got the return of Brian Danielson coming out to the final countdown by Europe, his old school theme that he used for years and years on the independence. And we didn't talk about it on the show, but like, I want to say it was Wednesday. Maybe the news came out that, Oh, uh, this company sold off a ton of music rights and it included that song was part of it. And I read that and I was like, oh, well, maybe we have a chance of hearing that's maybe we'll get a chance of like Danielson coming out to that at Wembley is genuinely what I thought we were going to hear it. Uh, either all in, maybe all out. And because just like, I didn't think it was going to be possible for, you know, the the rights to turn around that quickly. And if, for those of you who don't know, that song done performed by Europe, they resented their song so much because it became such a hit and no one else gave a shit about anything else that they did. They People only cared about the final countdown. So they made the price to license that song like a just absolutely absurdly high number that there's no way anybody would realistically it would it wouldn't be worth it for people to license it for whatever purpose. And so, you know, whenever Tony Khan refuses to spend money on something like that, that should give you an idea of how expensive it is, which apparently it is also still very expensive because Khan made it clear that this was a, a one night thing. And just for that song alone, he only got uh he paid like a wrestler's contract essentially for it. So I watching for bin door, the main events about to start. I like the the that kind of the the tone or whatever you call it at the very beginning and I'm like, "Oh, this is are they doing something for Okada?" because it wasn't the coin drop. I was like, "Oh, maybe they're going to do something for him as like a lead-in." And then the that first note of the synthesizer whatever hits and i'm just like holy shit i had i legitimately yelled a little sitting at my house watching it of just like no way like i it was the most exciting thing to me and i just it was it i just rewatched it before i started recording this and again it just plastered the biggest dumbest smile on my face to hear that and then also like it was also very sweet too because like Danielson who is in the middle of this you know Blackpool Combat Club he's a heel he wants to be the best in the world he's super serious coming out smiling because of the music and the crowd reaction to it and then when he did the bit on the top rope with where it times out to the final countdown and the crowd yells it even though it had been a decade longer i don't know how long it's been since he actually used that as an entrance theme but people still did the the yell with the final countdown i the smile on his face too like oh man that was that was just legitimately like one of my favorite moments in wrestling in a while like i'm gonna be rewatching that video a ton so that is just one highlight of forbidden door that we'll talk about unfortunately coming out of that. Uh, Danielson did not come out of that unscathed, which of course is unfortunate. We do have the confirmation that he did break his arm during the main event and he will be out for, uh, I don't know if we have the full time frame. I think he's expected back by Wembley. So he, uh, I think he's expected back by Wembley, but he's probably going to miss blood and guts, which is very, very unfortunate. Um, also unfortunate that like that it affected the way that match went. Um, which I'll talk about here, uh, in a little bit, once we do the, the card rundown for that. But ultimately that's the only news of the week I'm going to talk about just because I'm going to get right into forbidden door results. Or do I want to do money in the bank first? You know what, let's do Money in the Bank first just because I think I will probably be able to, I'll fill more time with Forbindor because there's just a little bit more to talk about there. Um, But, oh, I had, so I had my notifications tab pulled up on Twitter, but I went out of it so I could watch that Danielson, that Danielson making his entrance. Uh, Money in the Bank is this weekend on Saturday. It is over in London. Uh, at the O2 Arena in London, England, uh, so it's going to have a not traditional start time here in the states. So I want to say it's like noon. I am not a hundred percent sure. Oh, actually, I'm dumb. Before Money in the Bank, there is other wrestling shows this weekend as well. Uh, this Saturday, Stride Pro Wrestling. Dalton and I will be there. Um, so come and check out Stride. And then Friday night in Columbia, Illinois, tomorrow night, uh, WrestleMax Rebirth is launching. I am going to be there. I actually get to, uh, I'll be doing commentary for Stride. And I'm actually going to be doing backstage interviews for WrestleMax. So, which I'm very, very excited to be back at WrestleMax. I'm excited to be back at Stride. Um, So, Friday night, Saturday, local wrestling. Uh always check out the in- local independence because I'm sure you got something close to you potentially and you never know who you're going to be seeing on TV, on Forbidden Door, on Money in the Bank that is, you know, at these local events. You just don't know it yet. So support local wrestling always. Anywho, back to money in the bank. Uh The Intercontinental Championship will be defended. Gunther versus Matt Riddle. Gonna be a real good match. Gunther gonna hit people hard. Riddle gonna hit people hard. Uh, Hopefully Gunther retains. I don't want Gunther to lose the title until he passes Honky Talk Man's record. I don't think he will lose the title. uh, Especially not here. But I I do hope that they're like, nope, you know what? Let's just give it to him. This run has been so dominant that I think that that would be the, the best call. Uh, let me pull up Dalton's predictions because I had him send me those he didn't send them in any particular order it looks like he also picks Gunther so that is for the Intercontinental Championship uh the tag team women's tag team championships will be defended as Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defend against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez were the former champions. They had to vacate the titles uh, due to Liv Morgan getting injured in a match. But she has since returned, teaming up again with Raquel Rodriguez to take on Rousey and Baszler, who won the titles in the interim. And uh, I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Rousey and Baszler. I don't see them losing the titles until after a pretty consistent run they've both been pretty vocal about wanting to re-establish the women's tag division as a whole which you know there's more than a couple tag teams now which is a good thing but you know you still got to give them stories you still got to spot like them in matches and stories that aren't just for the titles you know you don't want them to just exist in a bubble so i think they're gonna i think we'll see a longer reign from them see uh dalton i know also picked rousey and baszler as well yes all righty nope nope closed out of the window and i know there's a shortcut to get it back but i don't remember what it is off the top of my head so we're doing it the doing it the boomer way typing it in again uh seth freaking rollins to defend the wwe consolation championship against finn balor uh i I'm very excited for this match just because I think they have good chemistry and they're both absolutely friggin incredible. I also just like super into anything Balor's doing right now. The Judgment Day as a whole, as an act, is pretty must see for me at least. So I'm super, super excited uh, for this match, even though I do think it is kind of like a I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell that Rollins loses this matchup. I don't think he loses that championship on his, you know, first pay-per-view defense since winning it. So uh, Dalton picks Rollins. I'm also going Rollins uh, just because, yeah, I would love to see really anyone in the bloodline with the, you know, with the world championship. But I don't think it's happening right now. Uh, Speaking of everyone in the uh, I'm sorry, in Judgment Day also the bloodline bloodline's good too uh also speaking of judgment day cody rhodes going one on one against dominic mysterio with Rhea ripley in his corner i love this matchup whenever cody started to get involved with judgment day i kind of you know thought it was going to be Bowler. it may have been you know maybe priest but i love that they're giving him dominic because they're you know dominic is arguably at least on raw like he he is the most booed most hated heel he gets the most heat of anyone not named roman reigns and sometimes you know th- that he could be ahead of roman in some regards the the they have found lightning in a bottle with this pairing between dominic and ripley i just i'm super excited to see him get an opportunity because he's also been doing very very well with it his character work has been great uh his in-ring stuff has improving like he's he's finding his footing as a heel or he's i should say he's found his footing uh working as a heel and he just the amount of character that he shows during his matches is something that we really just that just wasn't clicking when he was you know the babyface face ray mysterio's son so Dominic is on just an absolutely incredible run. I'm feeling very confident about when we did our end of year episode a few months ago about how we would be talking about Dominic Mysterio at the end of 2023. Like we were talking about Sami Zayn at the end of 2022. I I, I, I still stand by that. He's been crushing it. And so is Ripley. You know, you have to give her credit for making this click and making this work and starting it with the mommy stuff and it, it's been great and it's weird that you know cody rhodes is in a high-level pay-per-view matchup and you're talking about his opponent and it's dominic mysterio like it's just it's wild to me I uh, i don't think dominic wins i do think it would be incredible if dominic won because i really don't think cody would lose anything especially if it was some bullshit ripley interference damian balor you know Someone heel shenanigan bullshit that Cody has to you know run it back and get the win back from it. I don't think that hurts Cody, and I think that is a huge marquee win for Dominic. That said, I'm I'm actually I'm picking Cody for the win here. Um, and Dalton picked Cody as well. Actually, let me look at his picks real quick so I don't have to keep going back and forth. Now that there's like three matches left. Uh, okay before the bloodline civil war tag team matchup roman reigns and solo sekoa taking on the usos jay and jimmy um the bloodline finally really starting to officially implode at this point uh i love it it I I like that Solo stuck with Roman, at least for now. So it's not just him on an island by... You know, he's not on the island of relevancy by himself. I... I'm, I'm curious how this one goes. I'm pretty confident that Roman wins. Uh, that Roman and Solo win. But at the same time... We're just like a month or two away from SummerSlam, I think. And it would make sense. I do kind of think that it's going to be Roman versus Jay or Roman versus Jimmy. I think, or it could be like Roman versus Jay and Jimmy is really kind of what I think they're going to do. Um, they could make it into like a fatal four way scenario where Roman brings in solo to protect him. But then, you know, where does solo's loyalties lie? I think you could do something there. But I also think maybe you give it a little bit more legs with uh, Solo sticking with Roman, because I still don't think Roman loses the title until WrestleMania. I, you know, I could be wrong. They could pull the trigger at SummerSlam, but I just I don't think you pass up that golden opportunity with Cody at this past Mania to not have him hold it another full year. So, I I kind of could see you know if the Usos, especially if the Usos beat Solo, you know, oh hey we have a win. Technically over the tribal chief, over the world universal championship champion, whatever the name of his belt's called. Um, So I don't know. This one's very, very interesting. I think it'll be very good as well. Like we've seen Roman and Jay and Roman and Jimmy and like their chemistry is off the charts, both as a team, but also in those matches that they had. Whenever Roman was kind of, you know, brainwashing them through the sheer force of violence at the beginning of this story. And I, I think everybody in this match just has that kind of chemistry that comes with actually being related. And it's, this could be, I think this might end up, could end up being the best match of the night. And that's counting the two ladder matches that we have, which speaking of the women's money in the bank ladder match sees Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, Sky, and Trish Stratus. Um, I love this lineup. I think both this and the men's lineup, I think this is the best lineup of, a, of competitors in a Money in the Bank match that we potentially have ever had. My one thing that I will say about the women's match is WWE let the Women Money in the Bank briefcase holder hold it for more than a month challenge level impossible. Don't do an immediate cash in. Don't do an immediate cash in. don't cash it in for SummerSlam. Like, let them hold it. They never get to hold it. They always end up cashing it in like that night, which this time they really won't be able to because neither of the championships are actually on the line. So that makes me happy that it's like, all right, cool. We're going to get at least one. We're going to get at least one night. Um, this is a stacked lineup: Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, Io, Sky, and Trish Stratus. I typically I don't like when they do a bunch of like story elements to it, but this time, but this really works because you have Becky, Zoe, and Trish all together. In you know they're going through the Becky versus Trish angle, uh, Zoe attacking Becky at the Saudi show, and then you have Bailey and Io where there's been the friction at, with damage control. So and like teased friction, as far as I, I know, that it hasn't, you know, they haven't outright exploded yet. Um, but so you know, that's gonna come into play. And then you have Zelina Vega in there representing uh the LWO. I think it would be super cool if she kind of dark horsed her way in. Like everybody else is too busy with their infighting that she's able to sneak past and, you know, grab the briefcase. Cause I I I would love to see the LWO get a little bit more traction. In the sense that, you know, they're not... It's it's a historic group that they brought back as a vehicle for Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. But, like, they're... It's like Rey Mysterio and friends, so, like, let them kind of build up themselves. I think it would be super cool. Uh, the actual pick that I have, though, is... Man, this one is... I could see them going so many different ways. Like, I could see, like, Zoe Stark winning it and giving the briefcase to Trish... Uh, or Trish just outright helping Zoe win it like a, you know, mentor mentee is payment for her helping beat Becky. I could see Becky winning it because they have been doing kind of Becky and uh, Ripley exchanging, you know, crossing paths, exchanging glances, things like that. Um, I don't think Bailey wins it. Realistically, I don't think Zelina wins it. Um, EO Sky winning it would be super interesting, like her winning it underneath Bailey. And Bailey having to, you know, pretend to be happy for her or, you know, does she outright cost her the match and that leads to the uh, damage control breakup? There's a ton of different ways that they go for this. Dalton's pick was Io Sky, and I don't think it's a bad pick, Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with Trish Stratus just in the sense that it's that is another accolade that you can give to arguably one of the best women's wrestlers of all time, if not the most one of the most influential wrestlers. Uh, women in WWE history. So I think I, my pick would be Trish, um, but who knows? We'll see. We'll find out on Saturday. And then the men's Money in the Bank ladder match for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Ricochet taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, yeah, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. And... I, from a... We, we've we said all we can really say about Logan Paul as an individual and as a person. Um, so, like, to see him get, like, a spotlighted spot in this match is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, that said, like, I am very interested to see what he can do in a ladder match because, you know, this is like his, I think I saw it's like his sixth ever match. Something ridiculous like that. Uh, and we know just how it incredibly athletic he is uh the people the streets demand la night dude is over capital o they love him they cannot get enough of him strap let him carry around that briefcase and talk his shit for the full calendar year i don't care it's what i want i don't think that's what we're going to get though <laughs> um because like this is i love this lineup of people for two reasons, one, none of them have been world champion, so I like that. I love that this isn't someone you know who has already competed multiple times for the world title. Like Shinsuke Nakamura, Logan Paul, and Damon, Damian Priest might be the only ones that have actually competed for a world title in the main roster. I could be wrong on that. Like I don't, I don't. Well, no, Ricochet I think has and Shinsuke Nakamura you know had that WrestleMania match with AJ Styles but i'm i love that this is the idea that this could be someone's for like the opportunity for someone's first world championship not counting obviously not counting the NXT championship because yada yada we know um, or NXT UK leave me alone i Like the idea of Butch with the briefcase, I don't think it's going to happen. I think really you're you're down to two names. It's L A Knight, yeah, and it's Logan Paul. And as much as I would love to see Logan or L A Knight win the briefcase, I think the value for WWE is that briefcase showing up in Logan Paul YouTube videos, in Logan Paul vlogs, on Logan Paul's podcast uh prime events you know whatever him traveling around with that money in the bank briefcase it 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 is a prop that you can give him without it being an actual championship and he can still make you know sporadic part-time appearances so i do think that makes the most sense for wwe but the heart the soul says la night Everyone wants LA Knight to win. Everyone, you know, would predict LA Knight to win. Except for Dalton, who also didn't pick Logan Paul. He picked Damian Priest, which, I mean, yeah, that would rule. Like Finn Balor having to deal with the jealousy of like Damian Priest having a guaranteed shot. Finn Balor being like, you know what? Cash it in tonight. I guarantee it. You know, stuff like that they could play with would be very interesting and very cool. But I think this is ultimately a two-person race in LA Knight and Logan Paul. Although, like, my heart... If, if LA Knight isn't in this matchup, my heart goes to either Santos Escobar or Shinsuke Nakamura. Either one of them, I would love to see with it, too. And also to just win the World Championship at some point. But, who knows? Uh, I asked on Twitter if you had any predictions, and I got two responses out. Uh, I got three responses, but uh, Michaela uh said that she didn't watch forbidden door but her money and the dank predictions are zelina vega and la Knight. yeah uh will win their matches boy i hope so on both of those like i would be so happy for zelina if she won that matchup and yeah la Knight, yeah just uh it's it is that's the money He you know WWE doesn't have the best track record of altering course or capitalizing when someone is red hot when the crowd is like you know what that's our guy that's our girl that you know they are who we want so will they do we see LA Knight with the briefcase I think we could I'm gonna let myself hope and I'm gonna let myself get hurt again so we're all aboard the LA Knight hype train. Uh and then Brian Rhodes. No predictions because I'm too busy to watch wrestling right now and Nerdiest part of the ring is my only link to current wrestling events. That is very sweet of you Brian. I appreciate you listening and and hanging out with us. And hopefully these ramblings of a mad person uh at least make a little bit of sense and haven't been made you think, "Oh, I need to stop watching. I need to stop caring about wrestling." But yeah, that is that is very very sweet. Um Oh, never mind. I'm dumb, Dylan. Dylan, I'm sorry. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to read Dylan. Uh, Money in the Bank prediction is Logan Paul in the men's and EO Sky in the women's. So uh, Dylan Pick and, uh, and Dalton matching up with the EO Sky prediction in the women's Money in the Bank match. And I, again, I like the idea of her winning and Bailey having to kind of deal with that. You know, it doesn't have the same dynamic as like Dalton pr- picking Damian Priest because, Balor, Damian Priest is the only member of that, that faction in his matchup, whereas Bayley is also a part of the women's matchup. So, uh, but that is money in the bank. That is this Saturday live from the O2 arena. Uh, you know what? Let's just, I excuse, excuse me for the clickety clacks, uh, cause I am going to start time central. I'm going to look and see when it actually starts because it's on Peacock. It's a special start time of 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so, if you're here with me in the Central Time Zone, that is at 2. Uh, so, I'll be able to check out some of it before uh, we have to head to Stride. So, neat. Won't have to be up super late to watch a wrestling show. AEW. Running Forbidden Door on a Sunday when I have to work on Monday make me stay up and watch awesome wrestling. Um, forbidden door. Speaking of the pre-show. How do I want to do this? Yeah. Um, forbidden door was this past Sunday and I adored this show for the most part. Um, there was a change in that Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler match did not happen, uh, due to an illness, Um, that Adam, Adam Cole wasn't medically, medically cleared due to illness, which he was on dynamite this week, but then Britt Baker wasn't cleared due to illness. You have to presume it's the same one. Uh, she, at least, you know, she, we saw her at forbidden door, like as backstage watching, um, the Owen cup matchup. So, I don't, I assume it wasn't COVID, you know, you know what, I'm not even going to speculate because that just, it doesn't matter. We, I have no knowledge. I have no information. Uh, but hopefully, you know, Adam seems to be, he's back. So he should be feeling better. Speedy recovery as well to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, but Tom Lawler did have a dark match. Uh, it wasn't on the zero hour, but he did defeat Serpentico, uh, in a dark match beforehand. So he still at least got to go out in front of the crowd. Uh, the Zero Hour kicked off with an eight-man tag team match as the Mogul Embassy, Swerve Strickland, Toa Leona, Brian Cage, and Bishop Khan, uh, defeated Chaos, Ricky Romero, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta and El Desperado. Uh, this match didn't hit as much as I was hoping it would. Uh, also, like, the beginning part, like, Desperado wasn't on the, like, he just, he wouldn't stay on the apron. Um, he was trying to beat down cage i think in the corner at one point but they literally pulled him away so they could do the three-person hug and then they got jumped like it was just just a couple awkward spots in there um it was fun but it wasn't as much as you know i didn't end up enjoying it as much as i thought i was going to um the next up was athena defeating billy starks uh in the first round women's owen Hart cup tournament it was awesome to see billy on an AEW pay-per-view, even if it's the zero hour, Um, go back to what I said at the beginning of the episode about supporting local wrestling because you never know who you're going to see on one of these shows that's going to end up at AEW or ROH or WWE. And this is a perfect example of that. Billy Starks has been on the independent scene for years now, which is crazy because she literally graduated high school like two weeks ago. Um, But she is super talented and she's also just like a good person. And if you want to see her, you can see her this weekend uh, Friday night at WrestleMax where um, she has a matchup. So come hang out, come support. Uh, but Athena defeating Billy Starks. There was a couple spots there that I was just like, oh, shit, Athena is fucking her up. Um She did. I don't know if it was selling or if it was or if she legit like got the wind knocked out of her at one point. But yeah, it was uh Uh. It was, a, it was a solid matchup. Uh, I would have liked to have seen it get a little bit more time. But I I dug the the kind of like underdog story of, you know, Billy Starks defeating the ROH women's champion to progress in the tournament. I thought that would have been fun to see. Uh, El Phantasmo defeated Stu Grayson. Another zero hour matchup. El Phantasmo, who looks like he could be Logan Paul's uncle, uh, is always fun to watch. Uh, Stu grayson always fun to watch like this one is another one where it's like my only real complaint is that i wish it was longer but very very good phantasmo and grayson are both just i'm big fans of uh lij shingo takagi bushi and takahashi defeated the united empire jeff cobb kyle fletcher and tjp uh again another one this is a six-man tag match i it was very, very fast paced. And again, I wish some of these matches, you know, I don't know if you cut a match and give them more time or, you know, the best way to structure that, but, um, very, very fast paced, very, very entertaining as well. Uh, as for forbidden door itself, MJF defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi in to retain his AEW world championship. Um, I loved at a certain point in the match MJF tweeted out, I scheduled this tweet because I know I would have already beaten him at this point. And it was just like, but the match is still going on. He, I'm pretty sure Tanahashi had the upper hand at that point too. So that was, I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. That was funny. Um, the match was solid as well. Um, Tanahashi is kind of slowing down. That's not really a secret. People have been, uh, saying that, but this was still very, very capable uh the crowd getting under mjf's skin calling him a coward when he said you know i don't need this i'm just going to walk away go to him back into the ring uh ultimately it did take a cheap shot with the uh diamond uh the pinky ring the diamond ring whatever you call it uh excuse me uh, dynamite diamond ring dear lord i was like why can't i think of that um so it's, it's very much a, you know, an MJF finish, but it is what it is. Uh, let's see where are Dalton's thoughts on here. I need to, cause his were also kind of, yeah, his were not in any particular order. It was just like stream of consciousness. MJF and Tanahashi was neat. That is Dalton's thoughts. It was neat, which I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, let's see next up CM Punk defeated Satoshi Kojima to move on in the men's Owen Hart Cup tournament Uh, this match was very very entertaining as well Uh, CM Punk doing the callback to the old uh, shoot interview uh, with the Kojima Lariat Lariat like in the corner Uh, and then even shouting out homicide in the corner that was funny uh kojima dropping the either the least accurate or the most accurate elbow drop in the history of elbow drops uh to quote one taz right on the gimmick uh <laughs> watching that happen just like my spine curled a little bit but woof, what a what an elbow drop i uh i did i did enjoy this match quite a lot um we saw punk hit the, the elbow drop. And then he did the thing that I always enjoy when he does is when the person kicks out, he immediately grabs that arm that they kicked out with to lock it, lock in, um, the Anaconda vice. That's, that's always fun to me. Also worth pointing, puni- pointing out, um, the Canada hated punk a lot. <laughs> um, they, they were not having any of his, his shenanigans collision or, dynamite whichever one was a little bit was was the crowd was pretty split in cheers and booze but this at the pay-per-view it was pretty much mostly booze like he did have people would start to chant for him or would start to cheer from him and then those people immediately got like shouted down and booed uh overcame you know so uh it'll be interesting to see you know canada's bizarro world i hated that Oh, I hated that so much when WWE went there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, crowd reactions to Punk and the Elite now that they're both back, um, going forward, you know, outside of Chicago. Uh, although we're not going to see a ton of it because they also announced like 18 more shows for Chicago, including All Out and uh, special editions of Dynamite and all of that. So, uh... I we'll see. Time will tell. I the way that he kind of was working here, like he kind of adapted and started working a little bit more heelish with Kojima, and it's like fuck, I miss heel CM Punk. Like just let that man be a heel. He's so damn good at it. uh the four way match for the AEW. Oh wait, what was the one line that Dalton had for Punk and Kojima? Was really enjoyable to watch. I do like how Punk works to how the crowd reacts to him. Yeah. he he knows you know he doesn't try to soldier through and just do his normal face shtick when he's getting booed out of the arena he leans into it which i think is um, a testament to like he knows how to read the room he knows how to perform in front of hostile crowds and kind of give those people what they want even if they don't necessarily quote-unquote want him you know so good on him there Uh, A four-way matchup for the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy retaining over Zack Sabre Jr., Katsuyori Shibata, and Daniel Garcia. Um, I loved this matchup. Um, This was probably, if not my second favorite match of the night, I know. Uh, Definitely easily third favorite match of the night. Super fast-paced. They did a really good job of telling individual stories of like, Zack Sabre Jr. and Shibata just wanting to fight each other. And these other jabronis are getting in their way of their singles matchup. Um, The Daniel Garcia dancing while eating the strikes. It kind of reminded me and I I was going to I didn't even look it up because I knew Dalton would know, but he's not on the show tonight. So I didn't look it up before then. Um, There was a triple threat. I think it was a triple threat for the WWE championship at one point. And I'm pretty sure it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, and Kurt Angle. And it may not have been Austin because I'm pretty sure it was Biker Taker where they're doing this like super intense stare down Taker and we'll say Austin. And if you know, let me know on Twitter at nerdiest part because I am curious and I'm not going to look it up because I am stubborn um, or Dalton just messaged me. Dylan, if you know, just message me Sweater. Twitter. Um they're having this like super intense stare down and Kurt is just kind of like in the background, like they're facing each other perpendicular to the hard cam and Kurt is like staring into the hard cam and he's like doing the arm wave. Like, Hey, look at me like a toddler trying to get his mom's attention at a grocery store when she's talking to her friend. And they're just like completely no selling him, completely ignoring him until eventually they turn and just lay him out. It, it, It reminded me of that a lot with Garcia trying to get involved between Saber and, shibata and them just taking turns knocking him out knocking him down and then him just coming back for more uh let me see dalton that four-way for the international belt was so entertaining garcia couldn't stop hitting the emote button and is orange cassidy the only wrestler that can blatantly steal a victory and still be a face um i don't think he is but it is kind of a testament to you know how over he is and how much the crowd loves him is because yeah he really didn't you know the it could have been easy for the crowd to have been disappointed in that finish but they weren't and i think this kind of goes to that longer story or that larger story with orange cassidy and this title reign of just like he's so tired he is now he's he couldn't even win this one you know, with his own move, he couldn't be the one to put the opponent down. He had to, he had to, you know, throw someone out of the ring and steal their pin. So, you know, because he's he's exhausted, he's worn down, he's wrestling hurt, and I dig that. I really liked the finish, um, even though normally I think that is kind of a a, a cop out finish for uh, multi man matches like that. But they they did this one um, really really well. I thought so. um But yeah, uh, four-way match, if you haven't seen, if you didn't watch this show, if you're apprehensive about this show, uh, this actual, like, kind of stretch of matches really, why did I say stretch of matches? No, it was a fantastic show. Like, you should go out of your way to watch this one. Uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship was defended as Sonata defended against Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Um, this is another one that it was very solid. I uh, I liked Jungle Boy using uh, Sonata's own submission on him. Um, there was a, a kind of just, you know, making the argument of like, no, they very much know who they are. They were who the other is, who their opponent is, even though they were talking that shit. Uh, this is another one that I feel like I just it didn't really it wasn't as good as I thought it could have been um, not through really any th- fault of theirs more of just like it, it was an issue of my expectations and my, you know, perception of what they can do. Um, but the big story coming out of this, cause Sonata retains the championship. Um, the big story coming out of this was jungle boy attacking hook after the matchup. Uh, officially turning heel and yeah, now we got, we got heel jungle boy and he says the bitch word. So, okay. Um, J- Dalton jungle boy and Sonata was a good match. Hate the heel turn felt it two times, uh, felt it times two after seeing dynamite, uh, Dalton talking about not being super impressed with that first heel promo, uh, the jungle boy cut. I, I would like to see just a whole complete repackage, rebranding of heel Jungle Boy, because I think it could work. Um, but it, it yeah, it's off to kind of a, a rocky start. So, but if, you know, one promo does not make a, you know, d- doesn't mean he's doomed and it won't succeed. It's just, you know, he's got to get his legs up underneath him. And I, I, I genuinely believe that he can deliver. Uh, the 10-man tag team matchup, the elite Hangman Adam Page, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson teaming up with Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii defeated the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli, uh, and Shota Umino and Konosuke Takeshita. Uh, I man, I actually this might I might have liked this one better than the that the four way for the for, for the international championship. Uh, they made Takeshita look like a straight up killer, knocking down, knocking out Ishii with that forearm strike. Um, I, I kind of joked around on Twitter and I called this, um, uh, Eddie Kingston and the people he tolerates versus the Blackpool Combat Club and interns. Uh, I love how they are firmly behind Takeshita. Like they clearly wanted him to feel like a big deal and he did, um, um, Someone on Twitter pointed out that like Shota Umino came out wearing white, um, even though he you know, everyone else on that team was wearing black. Uh, Shota Umino, unaware that he is wrestling on a team of bad guys. Um, It was... Uh, I I love this match. It was hard hitting. It was fast paced. It was a clusterfuck of a 10 man match. Um, Eddie Kingston is over as shit. Uh, I have said it before and I will say it again and I will die on this hill that he should be the one to take the championship off of MJF. That story writes itself. Those promos would be unbelievable and the match would be absolutely killer. Uh, I want to see it. I want to see it real bad. My one real complaint with this match was where... Kingston prevented the Young Bucks from hitting a double super super kick on Moxley. Um, I get that they're doing the Eddie is John's friend, even, you know, and now we're in the position of like that first time they feuded before the electric exploding barbed wire match where it was, you know, John's the face, Eddie was the heel, but, you know, they had a soft spot for each other. Now those roles are reversed. Um, But now, you know, Eddie's mad at, moxley for running around with claudio because eddie uh it's on site with claudio castagnoli i so i didn't like the the oh but you're in a you're in a match you're in a pay-per-view match and you don't want your team to hit your friend the you know whatever uh eventually they did come to blows the crowd loved it they proceeded to just beat the shit out of each other stand there trading strikes uh, uh fighting spirit as everyone else in the match was just brawling around them, but they were just, they held the middle of the ring and just going blow for blow. I loved that. I, you know, that was fun. This was, this matchup was, I, I adored this match. This was so much fun. Uh, the AEW Women's World Championship. Actually, hang on. Sorry, Dalton. I keep forgetting about you. Uh, I don't want to be melting alive. I want to make sure they're putting in my air conditioner uh go back bcc and elite was a good match i think i'm just kind of over the story because now we have to add new moving parts to keep it fresh um i don't think you're entirely wrong because that you know that goes to the whole like well is Takeshita part of the blackpool combat club is you know shoda is he an honorary member because he was he's moxley's Protege in New Japan. Um, I did love that they came out to Moxley's New Japan music, because after Double or Nothing, I think Wild Thing is forever tarnished. So let's just cut that there. Um I I get it. Uh we did get the confirmation that they're doing Blood and Guts, even though I don't think we know what that specific lineup is going to look like. Um, but we do know Blood and Guts is coming up with some version of the Elite and blackpool combat club and surely that is going to be the the breaking off point and then we'll still get omega and takes probably but maybe we move on to like eddie and moxley again or you know and and, then what is next for hangman and the young bucks like do they go on to a longer feud with the dark order um you know does the dark order merge with the righteous who knows or will it be just something completely random we don't know uh, the AEW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm defeated Willow Nightingale to retain. Um, if Willow is in a match, I want Willow to win that match. Unfortunately, she did not, so I was sad. Um, I enjoyed this matchup too. I liked that they uh, they threw out Ruby and Soraya after um, initially, which and then they stayed out. Spoiler alert. Um, Dalton says I really liked Willow and Storm's match. It was very good. They worked well together and i liked you know that it was champion versus champion in that matchup as well but it was just for the AEW championship so um and then you know willow got the visual pinfall willow got uh ultimately screwed in the matchup and that's what led to uh tony stormer us see next up was will osprey defeating kenny omega For the IWGP United States Championship. Holy shit. What a match. Uh, This kind of went up to first place in my match of the year list that I have running. Um, And you know it could be recency bias because that very much is a thing. But hoo boy. I loved this matchup. Um, I'm going to take it now because Dylan was the only one that had seen uh, Forbidden Door, uh, where he kind of put it for me. Absolutely love Forbidden Door. Osprey versus Omega was amazing, but hated Don coming back out. Uh, also loved Brian and Okada, and so cool seeing Billy Starks on the pay-per-view. 100%. I cannot overstate how much I hated, hated, hated hated Don Callis being ejected from the matchup only to come back out, you know, 20 minutes later. Um, I thought they did it well where it was like, okay, he, you know, he's coming out with his fucking goofy ass, super security looking dudes. Um, he, he catches Kenny's foot on the, you know, on the apron, the referee ejects him and I'm like, oh, cool. Now we're just going to get this match. And we do for a while until Callis comes back out. The referee immediately sees him and does absolutely nothing. Um, commentary tried to save it and they were like, oh, well, he's going to be fined. And it's referee discretion about not causing a disqualification, you know, whatever. I, I just I hated it. It was dumb. Ultimately, you know, it was Callis. um Callis handing him the screwdriver and Osprey hitting Kenny with the screwdriver, um, which then led to the win for Osprey. But even that, which was again, infuriating to me, it wasn't cause like, why wouldn't you just have Callis come out with Osprey and like, before he goes to the ring, just have him, you know, cover his mouth to where the camera can't see and have him say something to Osprey and pointing out like, hey, that screwdriver is under the ring. That screwdriver is, you know, under a turn, but like, you know, something where like, oh yeah, I told him where the screwdriver was. He used it. He didn't need me out there. So I, it was a minor nitpick that wasn't so minor, I guess I'll say. Um, But like I said, I still just fucking adored this match. It was violent. It was bloody. It was kind of uncomfortable, uh, the shot of the blood still just being on the stairs, uh, of Osprey's blood being on the stairs was pretty, you know, a little sick, but also kind of neat. <laughs> um, so go out of your way to watch this one because, yeah, it, it match of the year for me. Uh, Dalton says. Did he not say anything about this match? Zero Hour was fun and led into the show. Well, Punk and Kojima, BCC and Elite, Willow Storm, MJF. Oh, there it is. Holy shit. Omega and Osprey, Great match, but didn't need the Tiger Driver 91. Um, So that was something that I wanted to talk to Dalton about as well, because he hated that. Um, I also like I hated the way Kenny landed on that Kenny on that uh, Tiger Driver 91, where it looked like he landed, you know, just straight on top of his head. Uh, and that caused a whole, you know, discourse, which is my least favorite word, but when it comes to, you know, online culture, uh, whereas like, so like Dalton is a wrestler, Dalton competes, he knows more than I do about moves and ring safety and stuff like that, just because I've never wrestled, I've never actually competed. And I do think that is a legitimate stance that you can have, um, if Will and Kenny thought that it added to the match, which it did, at least for me, because it was a holy shit, he's trying to kill him, um, and holy shit, is he dead, like, did it work, then, to me, that, it added to the match, I understand if people didn't like it, I understand if people hated it, but I don't think anyone, especially, like, fans, have the right to be like, no, you can't do that, which... To be clear, that is not what Dalton is saying. I don't think that's what, you know, I have se- i don't think I've seen or heard Dalton say anything like that. Um, but, you know, it comes down to, you know, two incredibly skilled, incredibly talented individuals thought they could pull it off and, you know, they did. So I think Danielson, even in the uh, presser after the fact, was like, you know, I see things like that and I, it, and I was like, ooh, I don't know. Like, so... It, it, it it's a very polarizing thing, uh, and ultimately I'm glad that just both people made it out of that matchup unscathed. Uh, six-man tag team match as Sting, Darby Allen, and Tetsuya Naito defeated Lei Suzuki Gods, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki, and boy, I... I really wanted this match to be better. Um... I I really really wanted this matchup to be better. It was rough, um, uh, <laughs> between Guevara coming down hard on Sting's head, um, the the Jericho demanding Sammy go off the top through the table, but then like, apparently Sting was supposed to move because the story was gonna be oh you made me go off and it cost me, um. Ah, just. I uh, this it wasn't great. There was a point where it's like someone hit the Jericho like hit his finisher in front of Sting, went for a cover, and Sting immediately just like turned around to go back onto the apron. And it was just like, ooh, this one was this one was rough. So unfortunate. And it really kind of hampered, I think, between the one two punch of seeing everything with Osprey and Omega, which went 40, like almost 40 minutes to then that match being the come down match, but it like came down too hard uh, to go in into the main event. Like the crowd really was drained, which granted at this point, this was hour five of pro wrestling that they were watching. um, And they had that lead in kind of rough on them. But uh, Brian Danielson defeating Kazuchika Okada by submission dalton anthony uh man how can you break your arm and still put on a great match props to danielson for stating it was his fault um favorite match was okada and danielson and he danielson did say that it was his fault whenever okada hit the elbow drop he said he had his arm in a weird position and that's what caused excuse me that's what caused the break um I don't know if he said this or if this is just kind of people speculating, but then, like, the seizure spot that they did um, was improv because, like, that was Danielson's way of getting the ref and the medical team's attention to let them know what was going on, that, you know, he had broken the arm. And then he also said that the yes spot, which he was originally not doing just as a, like, as a courtesy to WWE and a courtesy to Vince because, like, that was a WWE thing and he kind of wanted to leave it there. But he knew that he wasn't going... Like, the things that he was going to be able to do to fire up the crowd, he wasn't able to do. Um, And he knew he wasn't going to be able to do with his arm. So he did the yes to kind of make up for that. Um, I can't say this was my favorite match of the night. It was very good. But it very... It did very much feel like it didn't kick into final gear. Like, I don't know if... you know, Even though Adam Cole... And Tom Lawler didn't happen. We were a match down. Like I and again, keep in mind, the back So of a 27 minute and 40 second match, the last 10 minutes of it, Danielson's wrestling with a broken arm. So I want that context to be made crystal clear for everybody. Whenever I say and I and please so know that I know. I am aware. I am giving them the grace of that. Because like the the ending felt very sudden. Um, with that improv improvised submission, which led to Okada tapping out, which like Okada, this is like the second time he's ever tapped out. Um, and it's the first time he's tapped out. It like the last time he tapped out was to Nakamura. If that gives you an idea of how long it's been. Um, so it, but I like the idea of, it's just like, no, this was to be the best wrestler in the world. And Danielson was able to out wrestle you to make to the point where you tapped out to a move that wasn't his finisher. So I you know you can tell that story and I'm totally fine with it. But like we talked about in our preview, I think this one suffered from my own high expectations. Like I expected them to to make absolute magic and it just it felt it never felt like it it got to that level. Now, the rematch at Wrestle Kingdom, well we'll see about that then. You know, because give me that rematch at Wrestle Kingdom, please. And then let's do a rubber match. uh, Best two out of three falls uh, in a 90 minute Iron Man match. Like more give, like I'm the Vincent D'Onofrio and Men in Black more, more. I I want more of this. Um, So a little bit let down there. But again, I don't blame them at all. I think it was more of just like managing my expectations and also just like, man, what a fucking raw deal of a freak thing happening, like him breaking his arm, but such a bummer, such a fucking bummer. But hopefully it's a speedy recovery. It's an easy recovery for him. And, you know, he'll come back better than ever. And maybe that play, whoever owns it now, will just let final countdown, you know, be cheap and we can use it more. Cause just that crowd, oh man, that crowd screaming, it made my heart happy. Um, and then last bit to talk about before i get out of here uh aew fight forever came out today officially but you could play it yesterday i guess if you pre-ordered it i don't know how that really worked um but i only got to play like an hour and a half of it so i'm not super comfortable putting any kind of like score or anything on it what i will say is it is very much pick up and play Um, I immediately felt right at home. I will say if you do get it, um, play an exhibition match first, I think, because I jumped straight into the road to the elite thing. And like, I'm in the middle of the match, like in the middle of doing moves and the tutorial shit starts popping up and I'm like, okay, Regal, you're breaking my rhythm here. You're, you're fucking me over. Um, I don't love how out of date it is and how out of date it feels because that's always a problem in wrestling games. I always give WWE 2K shit like 2K 20, I think was the one that was like specifically bad uh, or was particularly bad, but you know, the old stage, the old, like just so much, you know, William Regal's doing the tutorial. Cody Rhodes is an unlockable character. Like this game, the development was rough and I understand that, but I, I really, it, it, it is, it is very noticeable. At least it was to me personally. Um, I will play more of it this week and I'll have more concise thoughts for it, but I've enjoyed what I've played so far. It does seem pretty shallow Um, right now. I don't know if I can recommend it for full price. It's $60. This feels like like if this was a $40 release, I think it would be that's like a perfect price point for it. But um, so, yeah, so if you're on the fence, I would say, you know, maybe hold off for now uh wait for it to go on sale and then snag it because like i don't think you're going to be missing a ton if you don't uh get it right away but dalton uh said it is the perfect multiplayer wrestling game it's chaotic but controls well i played for about eight hours yesterday i wish i okay you know what No, i played for about eight hours yesterday a bunch of it was couch multiplayer And only had one glitch that ruined the gameplay experience. Um, And then he said it is a two grades. For multiplayer, it's a nine out of ten. For single player, it's a six out of ten. So I don't know how much, you know, he said he played for eight hours. Eight hours. He. he, Eight hours. Goddamn Dalton. 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 But that most of that was multiplayer, so I don't know like how much he delved he dove into, you know, the creation stuff, which is apparently real, real light. Uh the road the road to elite. Is that what it's called? Doesn't matter. Whatever their story version story mode is, you know, who knows. So uh we'll talk more about that next week. Like I said, I plan on playing uh I don't know if I'm gonna play eight hours this week. That's not true. Friday I'm off for the fourth of July and I don't do things, so video games um but yeah if you have you played uh fight forever if you have let us know uh you can find the show at twitter.com slash nerdiest part uh you can find myself on twitter at the five star man uh with the number five uh you can find dalton at mr d anthony npotr And as well as a fun little bonus, uh, I have my, I had got my invitation for blue sky social. So if you are on blue sky, you can find me. I'm at the five star man. Uh, it's the same handle as Twitter, uh, at the five star man dot b sky dot social. So, uh, yeah, if you're on blue sky, hit me up there because I'm looking for people to follow. And also I want people to follow me because it's social media and the number goes higher and my brain does the good chemical so um but that's gonna do it we will be back next week uh we'll talk up be talking about money in the bank which is this Saturday again get your picks into us let us know who you think is gonna win um and what anything else we'll be talking more about fight forever um I feel like I saw something action figure related uh for wrestling with articulation but I don't know for sure but I'm sure in the next week something will happen we'll see only waiting way to find out and that is to tune in again next week thank you all so very much for hanging out with me here tonight this went longer than i anticipated for a solo show so thank you i hope you enjoyed everything have a fantastic week we will see you next time uh until then though take care of yourselves take care of each other and as always watch more wrestling